What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is a thought leadership series that is designed to enlighten and inspire listeners with insights from distinguished business leaders and subject matter experts. Our conversations are designed to make you think, inspire you to reach ever higher for your own best, and take an informed approach toward leadership, business, and life. Today, we're going to have a, a great time talking to my guest. This is a little bit of a break from my normal my, my normal fare. My guest today is El- Sherry Elliott Yuri. She is a recovering, or a recovered, I should say, HR executive who lived in a sexless marriage. After experiencing her own sexual healing and awakening in 2014, she transformed her career path and is now a full-time sex and intimacy empowerment coach, writer, blogger, and teacher. We'll be talking about her journey from surviving to thriving and her soon-to-be-released book called 69, My Dirtiest Secrets, Awaken Your Central Goddess. She joins us today from Frisco, Texas. Sherry, my dear friend, welcome back to Working on Purpose. Thank you for having me. And quite a different topic we're going to talk about tonight than we usually talk about. Yeah, we've covered the gamut of, I think, I think we've done generational things. I think we've talked about how to get stuck at, when you're at a, road, a crossroad. Um, and we've given thanks around Thanksgiving. And this yes. time we get to give thanks for you and your own transformation and coming through the other side. And I first want to say, for the 13 years that I've known you, I really, really, really applaud and appreciate what you're doing, Sherry. This is true authenticity at its finest. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you to say. Um, and I really appreciate that. But um, this has been one that you know I've wrestled with for a long time. And um, it's not one I took lightly. And um, it was a lot safer if I would have just stayed within my own little hula hoop in the uh, HR world, which would have been great. Um, but then I got called into writing books and and then I started doing generational work and that got real uncomfortable. But nothing has been more uncomfortable for me um, in my life than um, working on this book and this um, movement, because it's required that I step out and share my story and my truth, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a Ph.D. This isn't something I've done all my life, but it's um, it's my story that um, I feel like is giving other women permission to stand up and heal from their past. Absolutely. And one of the things that I often say, Sharon, you, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, is that especially when we when we answer our calling, we answer that which we're being called to do. It's not always convenient. And I know that we talked before that this wasn't necessarily something you wanted to do. And we'll talk more about that as we go along here. But I just want to applaud all, all the more reason that you're stepping into your authenticity and just being real and raw and vulnerable. I read, of course, your book cover to cover, as you know, I do. I learned more things about you in that book that I didn't know in the 13 years we've been acquainted and then then dear friends. And so your own path to embrace being a sensual gal is just phenomenal. So I wanted to be one of the first to get to share that, share you with the world and show what it looks like when you really show up in the world as an authentic human being. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, my dear. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And one, a couple of things that I want to call out about the work you're doing, and we'll, it'll become more apparent to our listeners as and viewers as we talk. But 
really just a focus on empowering women to come into their own sensuality, as you say, and educating and empowering couples in their intimacy, which of course is fantastic. And I'll say more about why I think that's important as we go. But for our listeners and viewers who don't know your story, haven't read your book yet, like I have, would you share a bit of your own unfoldment and transformation? There's been a lot of things along your journey that happened to help catalyze Sherry Elliott Erie. Yeah, thank you. It's um, it's interesting because I look back at some of the things that um, gave me this opportunity. And one of the biggest changes, honestly, was my divorce um, eight or nine years ago. And I thought I married the man of my dreams. I thought this was it. You I know? did too. I remember that. I thought you did yeah, too. Yeah, you knew. You were there. And I mm-hmm. thought, okay, this is it. I have, you know, this is this is forever and ever. Amen. And three years later, when it ended up not forever and ever. Amen. I was like, well, what did I do wrong? And why? Why does he not love me anymore? You know, I gave everything I had, body, soul, finances, everything. And that was the problem, quite honestly. I gave everything of myself and I left me somewhere back um, once I said I do. And so once the marriage ended, I was like this shadow of myself. And it took a while for me to figure out who I was again. And that was something that I really saw when I was at my divorce attorneys and there was other women there. They were like these paper thin images of women. You know, it was like we were walking dead, right? We were all these ghosts of of our prior self. And I was like, that's what we're doing. We are just checking out, leaving ourselves. The minute we put the ring on the finger, and we forget who we are. And we that's the person that our partner, our spouse, whoever it is, fell in love with. Right. And so that's where Zensual Gal got birthed from, is the whole idea of finding that Zen for ourselves and living this sensual life. And living and doesn't mean anything to do with being married in a committed relationship. It's just living this turned on, lit up life. Completely understand that because you know my space today is passion, inspiration, and purpose. I completely see that. I understand very much, which which is one of the reasons that you and I have synced. And I think in some ways have started to head more of a parallel path around really awakening people to passion. So for you, your journey though, and this is important for our listeners and our viewers to understand is your journey goes way back, Cher. If you can just share a few things that, that you share in your book that are what I would consider to be very raw and painful about your past that you've had, you've had to navigate, starting with how you grew up. Would you share? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to share a quote, and, and this is one that really stays with me by Anne Lamott. When God is doing something, he starts off with a hardship. When God is going to do something amazing, he starts with an impossibility. Mm. So my life, has been a lot of impossibilities. So that's why that quote really stands out for me. And so I grew up in Canada and I was raised by a mom who lived on welfare and I was the oldest of four kids. I was sexually abused as a child. I searched out and found my own adopted family by the time I was 12 years old, because that's just the way I do things. I just figure them out and I'm going to make sure it happens. And I graduated high school at at 16, went to college and I took care of my three younger siblings, became their financial guardians. And I decided that by the time my daughter was two, um, after I lost a child, I was going to stay single and I moved to the United States and she became my one and only um, important um, focus in life. And again, it was, I believe that that was my sole responsibility. And when my daughter turned 18, I figured out that she was a drug addict and she was addicted to meth. She got it at a college here in Dallas, a very um, prominent college. 
And I started a campaign of working to help um, the DEA and other mothers understand what to look for in the signs because my daughters continue to struggle on and off for the last 20 years with addiction because meth is um, very difficult to overcome. Um, I left my corporate role in HR um, almost 20 years ago, 18 years ago, according to LinkedIn. And the um, three gentlemen that wanted to go into business with me, um, one day I was deciding and I was looking at some of my clients and, we, and I thought, you know, I was thinking about writing a generational book. And um, so I told the, the three gentlemen that I wanted to step back from my HR practice and I was working on this book. Well, as soon as I mentioned this book, the next day I was locked out of my office, out of my computer, everything, and they filed a lawsuit against me. So, you know, it didn't really do anything to help um, make me trust men a lot at that point. So um, next thing you know, I decided to hang my own shingle. And um, so all of these were these impossibilities that kept showing up for me, you know, and I'm an introvert, actually. And so Elise and I have this running joke, because, you know, we'll go speak together. And I'm like, give me my cocoon, I just want to go inside. And Elise is like, hey, everybody, you know, let's talk, let's talk. And, and so that's not the way I do things. And so to be a motivational speaker, it was another huge hurdle for me, because I was like, well, I really believe in my book and my message but I don't really want to do that. So all of these impossibilities to me have been the opportunity that brought me here today. And I could look back at all those things that have happened to me and be a victim in my life, or I could look at it and go, wow, I've written several books. I've had this huge blessing to be able to stand here today and be in this space to do the work I'm doing. And so I choose to look at it that way. And and this is what's so great about that. Let me let me give a quick little teaching for our, our viewers and our listeners as a logotherapist is that that what you just surfaced there is one of the ways that we find meaning in life. It's a source of meaning, and that is the attitudinal stance we take when life throws what it does at us. We have a choice in every single moment to choose that attitude. And what you're demonstrating is the way that you you cho- you chose to take that attitude was one of I'll get through this. You're a fighter. It wasn't gonna it was not gonna tear you down. And the other thing that I think is amazing about the way you're telling your story, Cher, is that I've never heard you say before about life serving up impossibilities and you confronting them. But that's exactly right. That's how I would that's mm-hmm. how I would describe it. And even when you started to speak, that was not a fun experience for you starting on no. speaking. You no, hated it, it. You absolutely hated it. And look what you're doing now. And here, what do you have? How many books out? Seven books? Seven. Seven. Yeah, I mean, working on eight. And so what I also really want to showcase for for our people that are listening and, 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 and watching is just how you have just boldly done life, right? Just stepped into it. And that is one of the other things I want to celebrate about you, Sherry. Thank you. And you know, we we talked about this last year. And one of the things I want to stand for, especially because I have a seven-year-old granddaughter, and you know how my connection is with her. And I want her to know that she can go out and do anything she wants, anything. And you know, I want to matter. And I want to matter to her. If if it's for anybody, I want her to know that she matters and that she can do anything. And so that to me is what keeps me doing things differently and boldly, because I want her to know that she has that too. She can do whatever she wants to do. That's an option. Absolutely. It is. And we need, we need to call it just about this moment. Don't we, ladies and gentlemen, what a sexy grandmother you are. Goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Grams. <laughs> Grams. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so now we got to know. I mean, I watched you struggle with this for quite some time, Cher. I kept saying, is it ready? Is it ready? Is this book ready? And, you know, you were in the trenches on this thing. Why did you write this book? Yeah, um, yeah, it was hard keeping you back, Miss Elise. Yeah. I was gonna say, because she kept asking. And, you know, seven years later, um, it's been, yeah. Um, you know, I felt like I was given this time when COVID happened. You know, it was a month before COVID that I started going, okay, I'm doing this. And I took all the data and put it together that I've been bringing in for seven years. And then COVID got really crazy in March. And I went, okay, so my whole speaking career has gone. All my gigs have just pretty much left us, as we all know. And so my revenue, my calendar, everything. And I went, oh, okay, I get the message. And so it really did. It just opened everything up. And I went, so what do I have to fear? Everything that I would have said, well, mm, maybe not. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm too busy. Oh, what will people think? It all went away. And so I went, huh. So now we're at a 160 page manuscript in the final editing process. And it isn't just one book, it's three books. That has all happened since February. That's how it works when you are following your passion and purpose. And that's, you know that. I do because I got a similar sort of message and, and tap on the shoulder too. And then my book is now at the publishers having gone through three rounds of edits. And yes, yes. I, this is the response to COVID. Yes, ma'am, I get it. And we will all be the benefactors of that. Thank you, Sherry. So um, I, I wanna talk about what you're doing in your practice and your book here. And it's so important. I took some notes obviously on this, but you say that the aim of your book and your, your consulting practice is to help women come home to themselves and live a zentrally empowered life. I love that. Who, who's going to say no to that? No, I, I think I'll pass. Work with somebody else. <laughs> right? No, thank you. Not today. <laughs> I don't want to be fully empowered. Um, so tell us more. This sounds amazing. And I think it's so important. And I'm going to chime in why I think it's important after you tell us why this is so for you. Well, if I was asked someone, what's your sex life like? You know, and <laughs> straight <if> someone, up, <laughs> straight up, let's trust me. It's kind of fun. And you know this, you go to a party and someone says, what do you do? Or what do you write about sex? They're like, mm, um, tell me more, you know, <laughs> but if I ask someone, what, what's your sex life like? And they're like, oh, well, you know, once a month, oh, you know, um, I can tell you what that person shows up like in the world, mm -hmm. what their work is like. You know, um, if you spend three or four hours running a week, right, or exercising a week, but you spend one hour a week in your intimate relationship with either your partner, your lover or yourself, where's the balance? Right. And so if that's all you're spending, getting to know yourself and you're spending all this time at work, et cetera, et cetera, where, where's the investment in yourself and that type of intimacy? That's the difference in how you show up in the world, too. There's a correlation to that. If you don't feel sexy and you don't feel confident, you know how you feel when you run and you get those endorphins, you feel on top of the world. But if you don't feel sexy from the inside out, that's how you show up. I call them curmudgeons, but you know, there's obviously a few other colorful words for people like that. And I've been there. I know after my divorce, I wasn't feeling a whole lot of hotness. Let me tell you, I was over there <laughs> licking my wounds in the corner, you know, with my big old bottle of wine, forget glass probably. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, let's turn the sexy back on and let's do that. And it takes effort and it takes investing in ourselves. It does. And I want to talk more about that, but let's grab our first break. We've been in the air with Sherry Elliott Yuri. She is the sensual gal. She's been talking a bit about her her own journey from surviving to thriving and her book. 
We'll talk more about what she's actually doing with, with couples and into in intimacy after the break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us. Welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Sherry Elliott-Yuri. She's a recovered HR executive who lived in a sexless marriage. After experiencing her own sexual healing and awakening in 2014, she transformed her career path and is now a full-time sex and intimacy empowerment coach, writer, blogger, and teacher. She's the author of 69 of My Dirtiest Secrets, Awaken Your Sensual Goddess. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Sherry, one of the other things that I really wanted to share with our listeners and viewers that I think is so important about the work that you're doing is, is you're really working on helping couples reestablish and deepen their intimacy. And, of course, as a divorced woman, I've been divorced for four years, I, that might have helped. <laughs> it might have helped, say, about four years ago before we, we actually went our separate ways. So say more about what you're doing to help couples develop that intimacy. Well, a lot of times, for especially for our generation, Elise, um, People in our generation will have at least two or three um, significant relationships, if not marriages. Um, hopefully it's within the same person, with the same person, right? So two or three significant relationships. Um, but it's helpful if it can be within the same committed relationship, but it takes the communication. And, you know, we, we have that ebb and flow. It's not always going to be that hot, fiery, you know, amazing relationship. Hopefully it is. It's not always. And so during that ebb and flow, it takes the communication skills. It takes that interest. And so having that opportunity where people feel safe, where they can share what are some of their interests, some of their fantasies, um, that's really, really important. And that's where people start to end up where they don't feel comfortable. They're like, okay, well, you know, it's Wednesday night. You know, this is what we normally do every month or whatever it happens to be. I was listening to Dr. Ruth this morning because I just love her. I just love too. her. And one me of the too. funniest things she said this morning was, ladies, I know sometimes Mr. likes it more than you do. So you know what you do some of those times? It takes two to three minutes to make him happy. And then you get to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Women a lot longer. So I say women are like slow cookers and men are like microwaves. Now we need to help tell men and maybe do some how-to videos on what it takes to make us happy, pleasurable, what gets to us turned on and lit up. Because they we don't have a, a manual that comes with us. We need to show them. We need to give them that instruction. We can't just expect them to know what we want all the time. Absolutely right. I was just talking with one of the women that I'm coaching and I was explaining to her how we have to teach everyone in our life really how we want to be treated and communicated. That's all over work. That's in our relationships with her children, with her lover, everyone. How to your point, how else would they know? That's right. That's right. And especially in, you know, romantic and physical relationships. Some people like some things and some people like something different. And 
you know, not everybody knows this. So we need to be open, vulnerable, authentic. And that's it. You know, that's one of the things I said about where I lost myself before. Do you like Mexican? Yes or no. You don't go into a relationship not telling the truth about what you like and what you don't. That's not your authentic, vulnerable self. Because you're going to get confused later on when you're in the relationship. <laughs> you are. And, and in fact, I have to quote this. I love what you say here in the book. You say, you, you, you say you believe that, that you believe that having healthy, fulfilling relationships and working toward a pleasure-filled, creative life for every one of us is the key to creating a much kinder world. Sounds good to me. Say more. I just have to say, when we are all feeling fulfilled, that's a whole different way of being in the world instead of pent-up aggression, anger. I mean, when you go through the transitions of life when we are not connected, not joyful, I mean, that's a totally different way of being than when our relationships are working, when we have self-love and when we are connected to self and we feel confident. That's a whole different type of world. When you walk out the door and you feel like that, that's an amazing way to get in your car. And when you go to work or when you say hello to the barista or when you go to the exercise place or when you go to get your dry cleaning, mm -hmm. that's a major impression in the world. Mm -hmm. And again, I go back to what I said about you impacting the divorce rate. Why so many couples, and I was married for, together for 18 and um, married for 16, and definitely we, we all lose that, that immediate ability to, to, to talk about what's important to us and what's tender and vulnerable for, vulnerable for us. And so it's, it just happens that you just start to go your separate ways. And so I love what you're doing to be able to bring couples back together and get them talking about what's important to them about their intimacy. I just think that's such important work. It is. And I think it's also giving common language. Um, and I didn't realize this until I started working on this for myself. I could physically be present for intimate relationships, but don't ask me to bring my emotions into it. And so, so it's taken this last five years again for me to really do a lot of healing myself to understand that there's two parts to it. And so even in relationship there's a lot of vulnerability that's required for a woman to be totally 100% vulnerable and, and present with a partner and with a lover. And so there's a lot that goes into coaching and working with couples because it's not just that our physical self shows up. Mm, right. That tender laid bare soul is in there too, right? Absolutely. Right there in the with you. <laughs> Uh, all right. So the next thing I have to know, and I'm sure our listeners and viewers are wanting to know the same thing here, is how did you come up with the idea of sensuality? What does that really mean for you? Yeah. So when um, I was going through my divorce, it was around Christmas time and our house was up for sale. And my ex and I's anniversary was January 1st. So it's a beautiful time of year to go through a divorce. And I decided <laughs> to do what was the best thing I could is to run off and lick my wounds in a different part of the world um, and take a solo vacation, which was so smart um, because going away alone, especially for three weeks over the holidays in another country was like getting me outside every comfort zone I'd ever had. And I was laying on the beach in Cancun and I was watching the water and the tide was coming in and out and the waves, it was very hypnotic. And I was just like, I was zenned out and it was so relaxing. And I thought there was no effort. There was no fight, no struggle. And I, and I really thought about the whole Zen. And as I walked up and down the beach, I felt sensual, connected to the earth, the water, the sky, the sun. 
And I felt sexier in that moment going through my divorce and nobody, I felt like nobody wanted me. And I went sensual. I got online right away because I believe in following the hints and sensual was an open website. And I bought the domain. I bought about seven domains with the word sensual seven or eight years ago in 2014, the beginning of new year, 2014. That's why you've been asking me since. And I started writing erotica stories. I remember in 2014 on that vacation when I took my very first long solo trip and it was one of the best healing trips I could have taken for myself. And there was moments of pain and, and discomfort, but it was, that's where the healing began. Oh, a couple of things, right? So I do think that we, what, what I want to call up for our listeners and viewers, because oftentimes people ask me, Elise, how do I find meaning? How do I find purpose? So much of it is, is going inward and listening to what your, what your soul and your heart is trying to tell you and stop trying to talk yourself out of it, which you did by yourself in Mexico. And the other thing I want to call out that you're talking about is the importance of, of writing that, I don't want to say mania, but the, the discomfort there, you, you can't, you can't numb it away. You've got to go with it. If you can, if you can hang on to that discomfort and the all out pain on the other side of that is something really good. And that's what you've been describing. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, those, if you can go through it and walk through it and you can go get on the other side, there's such beauty and grace and that's where the jewels are. I mean, that's to me where the magic is. And I just remind myself going through those moments that there is light because I'm a sparkle kind of gal. You know, I want to see the jewels on the other side and I know they're there and I know it's going to be so much better that I can remember that. And that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Because I have no interest in staying right where I am today at all. Oh, I do you never not have. want to stay stagnant. No, and I'm not interested you. in that. So it's what's next. What's next? In fact, here's what's really interesting, Cher. Let me take it back for just a quick second. Remember when I was going through and I had to take my modes of engagement assessment and you came out as self-actualizing, which I had been for a long time too, which is the mode of engagement. This is from my own research, ladies and gentlemen, that I did for my PhD and then postdoc. And I found these 15 modes of engagement. And yours, like mine, for the longest time was self-actualizing, which is where we use our life and our work and our experiences and lean into them for everything that we can to be able to realize our higher potential, our higher selves. You were doing that and you've been doing that for a while. So have I. Now I'm on the other side where I'm living my purpose. And you, some things happen for you too. You've come through something too. I don't know if you feel like you're living your purpose yet or not. Maybe you are, but you're definitely not in that same self-actualizing mode that you were before. No, no, it's, it's very different. And I think some of it, honestly, is um, the real discomfort also came when I got remarried. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, um, it was like I bumped up against something that made me have to look in the face of somebody who went, you don't get to run. And um, here I am, I'm not going anywhere. And I went, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting this. And so, you know, there's that too, is it was, it was requiring of me another level of vulnerability and commitment. And um, I was starting a dating coaching business for women like me who'd gone through a divorce in their mid forties. And I was interviewing men all over Dallas because I wanted to know their opinion on women's dating profiles. And I meet my now husband and um, I was like, this wasn't planned. This was not the idea. And here we are almost four years later. So yeah. that took me into a whole other level. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember think it's that. really enriched my work with the idea for couples because it's really put that practice. It took me from being single and, and developing my self-love and appreciation for that into what it's done in my marriage. Mm -hmm. 
So speaking of that, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, because you, you say somewhere in your book that the book that you've written is, is largely for women. And I certainly see that. Um, I also can certainly see how men benefit too. Oh, absolutely. I say for women because I say sensual goddess. Now, it's not gender specific at all. But I also believe a lot of the information I share would be so helpful for men who are interested in relationships with women or some of the information one, my father-in-law, retired physician, you know, he said a lot of this is very helpful too from a physician's perspective um, because there's some very specific medical terms. And But I think it's it's helpful all the way around. Like I said, I'm hoping to have more videos and information on uh, and manuals on the website soon. But I think the more information men can have and learn about us, the better it's going to be. And the more equipped he'd be to um, be successful in the bedroom and out. No, I like it. You know, I like that. A little, a little zest goes a long way for me. A little too. zest, a little sassy, and a little right. naughty. Absolutely, goes a long way for me. Um, all right, I want to, I want to get another quote from your book that I thought was just so yummy, and have you talk about that. So you say, and I quote: "Dynamic individual growth and transformation are available when a woman fully connects with her sensuality and orgasmic potential. When this happens, she inevitably experiences a flood of new life force energy plus a surge of creativity." This typically creates a profound shift in her intimate life that pours out of every part of her world. Yes, say more about that. <laughs> Feels so good, doesn't it? Doesn't I just love it? I know, it does. Well, and I think that was part of what I said about connecting to myself is, you know, I was really good. I should have won an Oscar, honestly, about learning to fake it. You know, <laughs> honestly, I was a sexual anorexic. I looked really good and said it really well, but you know, honestly, that wasn't really my thing. And I felt like I was missing out on something. And, you know, I was like, how come everybody else seems so happy? Why does this sound so good? You know, and I just really felt like I was missing out on something. And I was approaching my 40th birthday and I was like, there's something to this. And I really wanted to understand. And the more I got in touch with myself and the more in tune I got with my body, the more I realized it is a life force. It is something to be cherished and to understand. It is not a woman when she can connect with that life force. She is unstoppable. She has a glow about herself because once she can do that for herself, she can show her partner and she is beyond capable of anything else. She you is know. creative. She opens up all of her energy. Well, and I really appreciate that and understand that because, um, you know, of the work that I've done too on myself after I got divorced, I, as you know, you were part of that journey. And you're right. When you cultivate that aspect of yourself, your own creativity, your own sexuality, your own connection to your own being, it is amazing what happens around creativity, expression, your energy in life, and who you draw into your circle. It's amazing. Absolutely. And it's fun too, because there's been times that um, I'll get dressed up and I'll walk into just a Starbucks, even for something for fun and giggles. And I'll just walk in and I'll just be like, mm -hmm, I want to see who's going to look at me today just for fun. And it's not because I know I'm married. It's not for that. And I know I'm a Grams, but it's just it's like, <laughs> who can I get to just, you know, I just want to feel sexy today. Mm -hmm. I just want to feel powerful. I just want to feel, you know, and it's that it's nothing about wanting sex with somebody. I just want to feel sassy. I just want to get whatever it is. And you know, it's very helpful too. in what we do for work speaking, we want that connection with our audience. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do with sex. It's we want to have connection. We want to be able to do that. 
Absolutely. In fact, what I was thinking about when you were talking about that, Sherry, and I do that too, because it, what I, the way I see that is it's your, is you're flirting with life, you're flirting with other yes. people, and people on the receiving end, the, end of that are catching your energy. And so they're being seen too, right? And so it's yeah. a beautiful exchange of energy and connection and uh, recogn recognition of the other person that I think is really beautiful and fun. Mm -hmm. And to your point, it's not about hey, I want to take you home and have sex with you. It's just about, let's celebrate this moment. You're in it, I'm in it. We're both alive. This is amazing, right? To me, well, that's and I didn't even have words to that. When you and I met, we didn't even have words. We just said we were like fell in love with each other. Or something we did. Like that. We didn't even know. We did, but we didn't know, you know. And now we know the energy, the vibe, you know, we know what that was. But, you know, back then we said we fell in love with each other, which we did. But now it's so much deeper and I get it now. I do too. In fact, I actually just recently learned what part of is underneath that, and I'll share it with you and the listeners and viewers. It's called limbic resonance. So what what it's it turns out that isn't that awesome? Limbic mm -hmm. resonance. There's actually like that. And so what happens is our emotions and our meaning systems register on the limbic brain level, and that's the mammal brain. So the middle center brain. And so what happens is what that's where our meaning is registered, and it's anchored around an emotional topic for us. That's its anchoring point. That's why it registers so important for us. We feel the way that we do when something is meaningful. And then when we're with other people who share a similar sort of sort of meaning structure, um, what happens is our limbic resonance is is happening on the same level. There's a, like a vibrational connection that happens oh. between people. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. I, I thought you might. So me I too. Do. That's sexy. Um, I'm right. Let's let and on that note, let's go ahead and grab our last break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're going on with Sherry Elliott Erie. She is a sex and intimacy empowerment coach, writer, blogger, and teacher. She joins us today from Frisco, Texas. We've been talking about her journey from survival to thrival. And after the break, we're going to talk more about some of the essential ingredients that she, she uses in work, her work to ignite energy, erotic energy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Sherry Elliott-Yuri. She's a recovered HR executive who lived in a sexless marriage. After experiencing her own sexual healing and awakening in 2014, she transformed her career path and is now a full-time sex and intimacy empowerment coach, writer, blogger, and teacher. She's the author of the book called 69 of My Dirtiest Secrets, Awaken Your Sensual Goddess. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So let's get a little technical and specific, shall we? We've been talking about this good, juicy stuff called sex. Now let's let's go a little bit deeper here under that. So in your book, you offer six essential ingredients that work together to ignite your erotic energy, personal power, sensual intelligence, to enable your sensual empowerment. I love that. Um, so share with those those six ingredients and why they're important components. Um, I tried to look back at like what were the key ingredients like if I was making a cake and um, so the first one for me was emotion and it was like dig up what you know 
when I looked at emotion and voice, and so first let's let's go to voice first. So like dig up your old story, and it, you know set it on fire. You know I love my um, little pinion fire out there that I use my little thing. Put it on in there. Get rid of it. Whatever that old story is, get rid of it. Emotions. We we can lock those up in our body. And so whatever old emotions you have around things in your life, like it could be your divorce, it could be sexual trauma, whatever it happens to be, figure that out and get rid of those. You know, there's yoga you can get rid of for trauma in the body. Get rid of it because it's all stored up in there. And that baggage, you cannot bring that into new relationships. It's kind of heavy. So you might want to figure out a way to release that old stuff. And then our body. You know, there's parts of my body. I used to weigh 270 pounds, pretty much double what I am today. You know, there's times when I still look in the mirror, I still see that lady. So get get real comfortable with who you are. Love your body. Appreciate her for whoever or him for whoever they happen to be. Just make peace with her because him or her, because it's not going to get any better. You just have to say <laughs> things aren't getting any different. <laughs> Give yourself permission to play. Don't let anybody else's judgment for your fantasies or you know what, set some parameters, some boundaries, but you know what, go out and play. If you're married, as long as you're two consenting adults in a relationship or in a partnership, go out there and have some fun because that's what it's supposed to be, fun, okay? And then desire. What is your desire? Ignite it. I got to say, this book wasn't my first desire, but now that I'm on that track, it's fun and I'm going to keep doing it. So what is your desire? Is it to write a book? Is it to own a bed and breakfast in another country? Do it learn a new language, have fun with it. As Zen, what is your Zen? Find out, embody that Zen. Do that, find out what, tap into your Zensual goddess and really enjoy that. So those mm -hmm. are the things that I came up with that helped me determine what tapped into the Zensual goddess and let me live my Zensual life. I love it, I love it so much. And in part because as you know, when I'm out speaking to audiences and I talk about the importance of passion, inspiration and purpose. And when I ask the crowds, what are you passionate about? Do you know what the number one response that I get is? Family? No, it's, I don't know. They don't know what they're passionate about. I know, I'm like, you get this one precious life and you don't know what you're passionate about. So I really like that you've given us access through these six essential ingredients, because if you can start to answer those questions for yourself, you open something and get present to that space. Yes. And that's where we get to the next question that I think is really, really cool, Cher, is you talk about your use of self-discovery questions to determine where we've gotten complacent in life. I really resonate with that, not just for my own life, but the work that I do with my customers and my clients. So say more about that self-discovery process. Well, I like it because um, as I was putting them together, I was thinking of some clients and some friends and, you know, some conversations we've had over wine and some evenings and just thinking about like, where have we checked out, me included. And that's how those questions came up. Like, when do we go on autopilot? And we're just, you know, going along to get along. And that can be including our work, you know, whether it's partnerships, work, you know, and our in our self-love connection, in our in our physical fitness. Um, because those have been a lot of the different times. And so when we get complacent, it's sometimes it, that's when some of those warning bells go off, right? So we go, oh, and I was listening to a lady this morning uh, called into a talk show and she said, oh, it's been years since I had sex. Well, that complacency might have been like 18 months ago, if not longer, that she should have had that warning bell, you know, those things. When we get into complacency, it gets so easy. Then we get into a rut and then we need to dig out of the ditch and, you know, it just gets worse. And so that's why I thought those questions were really helpful because those would have been really 
easy for me back then had I noticed that I was getting complacent about maybe my exercise routine, about my self-care. Oh, I stopped going to see my friends, right? Those are all things that are triggers to let me know that I'm not doing the self-care I need to do. Mm -hmm. Or I'm taking somebody for advantage. You know this because you've been in my life for a long time, but I recognized very much that I'd fallen into a state of, of apathy and, and complacency, you know, somewhere in the beginning of 2015. I had such a fantastic 2014 and then 2015 happened. And when I look back on that share, I was absolutely in apathetic complacency. And yet I, and I was definitely feeling some kind of depression. And part of it came from because I knew I was not living the life that I wanted for myself. I wasn't going for my dreams and I hated myself for it. But I was I was complacent in that. And that toward the end of that year, of course, that's when I went through my divorce process. So right. the result of that. So I really the importance of being able to get present to that sooner rather than later so you can do something about it is essential. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I thought some of those questions kind of gave us an idea of where are we with it? Because it is easier sometimes to stay in the boat instead of like mm -hmm. rocking it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, well, we have a nice home. We have a nice life and everything's OK. And that's why it's hard to go. Well, why don't we start rocking it and start asking questions? It's like, oh, right. well, why should we? Right, 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 right. Um, by the way, before I forget, I, I have to know I've got a burning question. Um, okay. in, in, in your book, you talk about having being out at a restaurant eating with one of your friends, and she has such a gusto for eating. Is it me? Of it's course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. I read that eating it's like making love to food absolutely right and it transcend let me tell you it's the same appetite that goes everywhere so um <laughs> i love this i only like, one you she, she's talking about me um i wouldn't have minded if you used my name but okay anyway. well then i'll put your name in now that i have permission uh, absolutely on air listeners and viewers you heard it so um you know it's kind of like a, when you have a harry met sally moment right in the restaurant right that's me i can do that yes elise could with food <laughs> Um, all see, right, that's so, a good example about enjoying life to the absolutely, fullest. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's the point. It can be food. It could be anything. It could be the travel. And this is, you know, this is one of the, my favorite things is like, if you're going to have water, why not even just put it in a beautiful wine glass? I'm not having wine right now, but I have spa water right here at home in a beautiful wine glass. Mm -hmm. We can still do fun things to treat ourselves well. It just doesn't have to be someday. We can Absolutely. dress up. We can do great things to do this self-care every day. In fact, let's talk about that. Let's grab that real quick because I've been having a lot of conversations with people in this pandemic who are not taking time for self-care because they feel like, well, I'm stuck at home anyway. Who's going to notice? I don't have to turn my camera on if I'm on a Zoom call. And what happens is that just makes it worse. We get more, we get further yes. down down the, the downward spiral. Mm -hmm. but we do actually take the time to take care of ourselves, put makeup on for us, for us mm -hmm. women, you know, put on a decent nice shirt and shave men for you, right? Uh, looking at you, look at your beautiful earrings, the beautiful lipstick, right? These things make a difference to how we feel and how we care for oh, ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, having worked at home for so many years, unless, you know, before when we could go out and speak and train, um, the days I would work at home office, I still had to do the hair and the makeup thing because I didn't feel like I was at my job unless I did dress up and show up. And so that's always been important to me. And about the first three or four weeks of COVID, trust me, the sweatpants, the ponytail, the no makeup was a big thing. 
But about the fourth week, I went, mm, 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 because my husband works from home too. And I didn't think that was fair to him to have to see this face that way every day. Mm, you know, feel, honestly, I, that would be a rut and that so, would be complacency. Totally understand that. In fact, I'm, I, I dress for my man too. I mean, that's just, that's important. It, sh it mm -hmm. says, I respect you and I respect myself and I care about us. Yes, so, yes. exactly. Um, I want to make sure that we present this for our listeners and viewers and how you talk about intimacy. You say it includes feelings of closeness, safety, connectedness, and truth. That's intense. Say more. Yeah. Um, there's um, a great quote by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. She wrote the invitation and she says, do you like who you are when you're alone in those quiet moments? Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite quotes by her. And then the other one is, um, are you willing to um, risk hurting another to honor yourself? And for the longest time, that second one just freaked me out because I was like, what do you mean? And it was really like, are you willing to hurt someone else to be really true to who you are and what you need? And that to me spoke volumes about intimacy and really honoring who you are. Can you be alone in those quiet moments? Like when the lights go out at night and when you are single and you live alone, do you like the person you are? That was a really big question. And I wrote that in my journal a lot after I became single. Do I like who I am? To me, that was the ultimate intimacy question. Do I like the person I'm showing up as in my work, with my friends, all of it? I like that. That's beautiful. And, and intimacy is such a yummy thing, right? Emotional intimacy, physical intimacy. It's just so, it's such a beautiful part of life we've been given. And being able to access it is so important. Again, all the more reason that the work that you're doing is important. And I want you to say something about the Seagal Network you created. That's fantastic. What's that all about? Yeah, I decided that I wanted to start interacting more with, um, I get I get these questions a lot when I'm out with people and they find out this is the work I've been involved in and I'm, I'm stepping into it 100% now. So I thought, well, now with COVID, we can't really see each other very often. So I would start a Facebook group for ZGAL for people asking questions and, and wanting to have online forums once a week. And so that should be out next week and we'll have a, a, a great little Facebook group where we can have one-on-one -on -one dialogue. And um, just because we can't do one-on-one -on -one FaceTime, so we might as well do it on the on the Facebook group. I like it. I like it. And then you have a line of candles and other products coming out as well. So it's not enough for you to be speaking yeah. and writing and handling people's intimate sex lives. We're also got candles going. That's awesome. Well, not just candles, but I wanted to, you know, for me, when I started doing self-love and appreciation and making sure I wanted to take good care of myself and setting the mood, um, candles were a big thing for me that set the mood and bath products and Absolutely. all that. And so smells and the perfect light and then also making sure they were healthy. And so I've started um, researching and doing some uh, relationships for candles. Zensual Pleasures is the name of the company that I started for a different line of candles and um, bath products that will be under the Zensual Gal um, umbrella. So I it's been fun it. exploring that. I love it. I love it. I can't wait for samples. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So we're at the end already, Cher. So you know what the show is all about, helping people find meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose in their lives and their work. What do you want to leave listeners with? Uh, I want people to remember that, as you say, they have one precious life. Embrace who you are, love who you are, and go out and shine in this world. Mm, Cher, it is such a miracle to get to be your friend. I'm grateful that you came on the show. You're sharing what you're doing in the world and the important work that you're doing. And you're really putting yourself out there. And I really appreciate, love you, and cherish you. Thanks for having me. Love you, too. Thank you. You're welcome.
Listeners, if you want to learn more about Sherry, her journey to surviving to thriving, and the work she does as a sex and intimacy empowerment coach, or her book, visit her at sensualgal.com. So that is spelled Z-E-N-S-U-L-A-S-U-A-L, gal, G-A-L, right? Sherry, is that right? Yeah, sensualgal.com. Sensualgal, okay. So last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on the air with Danny Gutnick, who is the CEO of Pathways, and we were talking about his fascinating book called Meaning at Work and Its Hidden Language. That's where I learned about limbic, limbic resonance, by the way. Next week, we'll be on the air with Steve Brown. He's the author of The Innovation Ultimatum, which is the subject of our conversation. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.